0: You're listening to the New Century Multiverse, Steamheart. Chapter 29 Lost in Translation
1: From the Journal of Abigail Gray, Vicksburg, Mississippi, July 15th, 1883. One of the last destinations before we got to the southern door was the Fallen Garrison at Vicksburg. This had been the place Elizabeth Flynn had first headed to after she found the anomaly we were looking for. We had expected it to be empty, stripped of supplies, but were amazed to find not only did it have a small contingent of around 50 troops there, but shiny new telegraph wires leading off to the east. We were greeted by Captain Joyce, and they had clearly been expecting us, though not the giant feline we were now transporting. We rested within the walls of that fort for an evening of apprehension of what was to come. Major Butler came to find Harry and I and bring us to the telegraph station and the agent who presided over it, a Mexican lady with a somber face. You have messages from your sister, she said to Harry, who took them gingerly and went to sit down and study their contents eventually drafting her response. How long can we expect between messages? They have to relay through each point. If the other
2: Miss Arlington is sat at the White House telegraph point right now, she will get her sister's message. Around eleven o'clock tonight.
1: Still, it's better than carry a pigeon or a pony express. I shrugged and then extended a hand. I'm Abigail Gray.
2: Carmen Santos.
1: My jaw dropped. Gingerly, I went into my pack and pulled out my handbook. Miss Santos, I said respectfully, I loved what you wrote in this.
2: And you want my autograph?
1: I nodded eagerly. She mused as she signed away.
2: Miss Arlington said you would. (laughs) You'll probably be wanting Henry Jackson's, too.
1: He's not here, is he?
2: I'll help you find him when your friend is done with her message.
1: You are the absolute best, Carmen.
2: Harry Truth has sent me a whole heap of messages of a very personal nature on the company dime. Something I know she would normally scold me for. They have been accumulating over the months since she first dispatched this team to be our last point of communication. I carefully read through each communique.
0: Message one.
2: For the attention
3: of Harry Arlington, stop. It has been many weeks without mom and dad, stop. Life in Washington has achieved a kind of balance, stop. Working with Catherine Holloway every day, stop. She understands what they were trying to achieve, stop. But nonetheless, I miss them, stop. Message two. I cannot forgive myself for how I left things with Dad. Stop. I wake up in the night desperate to apologize for being so stubborn. Stop. But they're gone. Stop. And I miss you. Stop.
0: Message three.
3: So glad to hear that Abigail has managed to harness and utilize the endowment in Missouri. Stop. Tell her well done from me. Stop.
0: Message full.
3: The NIA continues apace, but there has been interference in the chain of command. Stop. A man called White has arrived. Stop. He has the highest presidential clearance and is operating silent company as a military police unit. Stop. He appears dead set on waging war on the criminal element of Washington. Stop. I neither like nor trust him. Stop.
0: Message five.
3: White is growing in power. Stop. He has sequestered many assets from the NIA, including the use of Steelborn and other tech. Stop. Holloway has been fighting for control. Stop. I do not believe this line is secure. Stop.
0: Message six.
3: Agent Wolf has informed me as to the success in Memphis. Stop. Continue the mission as planned. Stop. And please, come home safely and
2: swiftly. Stop. I love you. Stop. After all that, I put together a message to send to her.
0: Message 1
2: For the attention of Truth Arlington Stop Even if you do not forgive yourself I feel like Dad would forgive you Stop Do not let that white person push you around Stop You're strong and fierce and And you can do your job very well Stop We are all doing fine. Stop. We picked up a giant purple tiger and a boy along the way. Stop. I cannot wait for you to meet them. Stop. (laughs) Unless we can get them back to the tiger world. Stop. Steamheart is working fine, but I have to take her slowly. Stop. Several parts have had to be jury-rigged because no replacements can be had out here. Stop. But I will get us there and back again. Stop. And one more thing. Stop. I have fallen in love with Abigail. Stop. I look at this last part of the message, then delete it. I glance at Abigail, leaning in the corner with the telegraph operator and turn the idea over in my head. Am I trying to shock truth by saying this? Or am I trying to convince myself that it's the truth? How do I really feel about Abigail? How do I really feel about Abigail? I spent so many weeks just admiring her from far away that that when we actually got close, it initiated changes which, which are still going on for me. Over the recent days, I've been feeling a difference in my heart. What began as this, this pounding and flocks of butterflies has become something else... I don't want to marry Abigail like I thought I did. Instead Instead there's this really strong bond developing where where we're sort of like like best friends and and sort of like siblings. She's less pushy than my actual sister and she's so much fun to be around. But but telling truth that truth r- would make her sad, and so I definitely won't. But I don't want to ignore this this newly important person in my life. This newly important person in my life. I changed the last line to Abigail and I have become firm friends, which is true.
1: Abigail I looked over my autographs as Carmen walked us round to meet Henry Jackson James Buckner was sadly deceased well before I first read this handbook, as were Beau Travis James Gregory and Maggie Strother and I missed poor Lawton Sadler by a few weeks this meant I could never get a full set and more to the point I would never meet the people whose words inspired or chilled me so which is why I started this crazy collection. The signatures of Thomas and Sarah Arlington I had obtained in the nick of time, God rest their souls. Annie had signed it a while ago, after I got Tabitha's in the piano house. In Washington, I'd met Dr. Julius Kaufman for breakfast, Samuel Tudor with his bat-breaking armor, and sweet old General Nathaniel Curtis at the party. Carmen had just become my latest, which left Harriet Blaine and Ryan Considine whose whereabouts were unknown to me. I ain't even clear on what I'm going to do if I manage to meet the last few surviving co-authors. It's just been something I could occupy my thoughts with as a way of staving off the great looming danger of the world outside the walls of Weirwood. I hope they make a third edition soon. Lieutenant Henry Jackson was a lean, serious-faced young fella who stood conversing with Major Butler and Jeremy Pines. We were introduced, and he signed along with everyone else. Is Bessie here? I asked. His face became somehow more serious. Your childhood companion? Who you mentioned in your story? Now I was wondering whether she might be a fabrication made up to somehow lend more weight to Henry's experiences in the book.
4: No. Bessie's dead. Yeah.
1: Pines put in.
4: I only
5: pieced this together just now. The lady I met in Parkersburg who gave us the information on the
4: wind door... That was my Bessie.
1: I felt like a loudmouthed idiot and hung my head. I'm sorry, sir.
5: <sighs> this will most likely only be minor consolation,
1: said Major Butler.
5: But I will see to it she gets a posthumous award and a mention of her importance and
4: bravery contributing to this mission. Mighty swell of you, sir. I came here hoping to find my friend who was previously stationed at this garrison seeing as it was close to our hometown and all. Fitting that I should learn of her ultimate end.
5: She went out in a place of peace, being soothed and looked after and knowing she'd done her job.
4: I suppose it's the best any of us can hope for.
1: The young man breathed. Then put that creeping thought away and moved on to tomorrow's business.
4: I'll gladly accompany y'all to the door when you leave tomorrow. Bring... Five or six other soldiers with us, if there's room on that there road train. A team to accompany the ones going in would be greatly appreciated. Considering how brave Bessie was, I think it'd be dishonor to do any less.
1: Henry's young face was solemn, his resolve set.
4: Get some sleep. It's rough out there.
1: I had serious trouble drifting off that night. Harry was less talkative than usual, and I felt cramped underneath her. The walls once again had started to close in. I'd held myself in check for months now, but I wanted to be rid of Steamheart, at least for a while. I didn't tell Harry this because I didn't want to hurt her feelings, but she knew I was uncomfortable.
0: James, We journeyed out towards Jackson, always watching the trees around us. The hanging eaves of Spanish moss draped like long, billowing cobwebs in the stifling heat, forming cavernous natural corridors for us to drive through. The houses we passed were collapsed inwards, uninhabited for years, as slowly their structures fell prey to damp and decay, the wood returning to the soil as plants grew up to swathe their surfaces, and creepers enshrouded open doorways. One quiet moment will haunt me to my grave. Sat in the cockpit beside Harry, I watched a colossal and ancient angel oak tree with something dangling from one of the spidering boughs. Drawing near, I saw the hanging thing was a skeleton... I have seen dozens of corpses in various states of decomposition since coming out into the world. Newly shot, sprawled in the long grass, mouldering in abandoned places, bleached white by the merciless sun. But what remained of this lonely man stuck with me. Scraps of clothing still clung to its frame, and the remnants of parched skin tenaciously held it in human form. The jaw hung open, the vacant eye sockets gazing into mine as we passed by. This was a perilous land for the living. I detected movement from time to time, and began hearing Wendigo calls from what I hoped was far away. We would, by this point in the venture, be fools to believe we could avoid an encounter for much longer. After another night, sleeping in the wild, we reached the deserted town of Willowhaven, the place where Darien Clay, our first reported Wendigo, was sighted. Not a soul could be seen, and all the houses were unattended and dilapidated. The wood rotted and warped from expansion and contraction in the heat and wet. Empty windows stared out at us like sightless eyes, and there was no sound save for the wind rustling through the nearby branches. As we passed one house, Abigail and Annie both gave a start, staring out of the cockpit window.
1: No way! No goddamn way!
0: Annie popped the hatch, and they exited. I followed, as did Butler and Pines. Everyone else was obliged to remain on the steam craft. We approached the front porch of a run-down but freshly painted little house and stared at the lanky old-timer relaxing in his rocking chair, an earthenware jug at his feet.
1: Malloy? Old Ned?
0: He squinted at us and spoke in precisely the same voice and inflection, even down to the whistling sound when the words slid past his three teeth as the man I recalled meeting last autumn. Pleased to meet you, young'uns. "'My name is Samson.' "'Oh,
2: don't you start that horse hockey with me, mister.'
0: "'Annie commanded.'
2: "'I've met you twice, and you had me believe last time you were somebody different, but now three of
0: us—' 4 Butler piped up. "'I met you, too.'
1: Four of us can see and hear that you're the same guy, so come on, fess up.'
0: Samson scratched his ear and took a swig from his jug. "'Lord, it's sweltering out here today.' Should think it'll be hotter again tomorrow.
1: Are you friggin' kidding me?
0: Just then the front door opened, and a little old lady shouldered her way out.
1: Heavens.
2: What's all this fussin' and a feudin' going on out here, Samson?
0: She grumbled.
2: I've brought our visitors some fresh lemonade.
0: She set down a tray of seven glasses on the porch's little round wooden table. They were beaded with condensation and the contents looked thoroughly drinkable. The two old gimmers took one each and slurped them down as the lady settled into the adjacent chair. Jeremy leaned forward and took a glass. Annie gave him a warning eye, but he gulped it down. Thank you, ma'am. He sighed.
5: Lemons are my favorite.
0: Mr. Sampson, forgive our rudeness. Your lemonade is graciously accepted, I said, trying a different tactic. Could you introduce us to your lady friend?
2: I'm Maggie
1: Strother.
0: She said, coolly. Abigail nearly fell over in her hasty attempt to retrieve her cartographer's handbook.
1: Miss Strother. It says here you were at the Friars encampment several miles north of Charlottesville in the fall of 77. Six days after you gave this testimony, it was overrun. By the Wendigo, I checked. Give me that book there, girlie.
0: Maggie demanded, making a grasping motion with her wrinkled, spindly fingers. Abigail, with supreme reluctance, handed over her treasured, nine-fold signed copy. Briar's Encampment and Briar Hill? I muttered, loud enough for Abigail to hear. Samson and Sheriff Mary Samson? More lemons?
1: What does it mean?
0: I don't know. Maybe I'm clutching at straws, but don't be rude to them. Yup. The ancient woman proffered the book.
2: This all seems to be in order. Fancier than they said it would be. Would you sign it? Along with all the others? Please? If it'll make you happy.
0: Annie spoke up as the woman scribbled diligently.
2: So let me get this straight. You survived all these years and came back here. Yup. This is where I sat when I saw that creeping fella. That's the
1: Henshaw house right there.
0: She pointed over the dusty street to a silent ruin.
1: This is a dream. This is a goddamn fever dream brought on by stress and exhaustion. How long have the two of you been married?
0: Are we married? Samson queried his companion with a sly sideways glance.
2: Oh, we certainly enjoy the benefits. (laughs) I like it when he talks to me in my
0: sleep. Listen. We're looking for a wind door, like a hole in the air that leads to somewhere else. I know of one. Nearby? Nope. It's all the way across the sea in an ancient country called England. Opened up on the night of the Great Fire of London. Quite a sight to behold, I'm told. The people was afeared that Judgment Day had come. But Really, it was just a doorway to a new kind of beginning.
1: That's legitimate. It's one I've seen on some nights.
0: Who opened it and how? Who's over there? I asked urgently now, wishing to get myself to that place as soon as possible. Perhaps we could close the southern door and I could rejoin Rebecca before she departed our shores. Oh, I don't know who's over there. Bunch of wisps and willies was what I heard. Samson dismissed. Now I was as frustrated as Annie and Abigail.
5: Hold on a moment there. Last fall, you told me something that I put out of my mind, and today I'm kicking myself that it didn't occur sooner. You said that your son-in-law, Colby, had encountered an enormous white
0: tiger in the woods of Clendenin. I don't recall ever having met a one of you. And I don't know nothing about no white tiger.
1: What about a half-man, half-moth?
0: Nope. A green monster? Nope.
2: A scorpion lion in the woods of Marietta?
0: Nope.
2: How's the Elby bone?
0: Never had any problems with either one of them. Do you have a brother? Pines interjected. He had been strangely quiet in the face of this baffling series of contradictions. I got a few sisters. Jeremy backed us away from the pair of them.
1: I say, I yanked that old bastard out of his chair and beat the truth out of him.
0: Snarled Abigail. I wouldn't do that if I were you. Said Pines, his voice serious and strangely confident.
1: Why not? He's clearly taunting us. Or worse, manipulating us.
0: Listen,
5: this is the third time you've met this man, and he's always somewhere different, claiming to be someone else. And he always tells you something new and denies any of the previous stuff.
2: Yeah. So what do you suggest?
5: Paying attention to the something new. Stop struggling to find answers.
1: But isn't that all you do for a living?
5: Sometimes when we can't find the answers, we just have to keep focused on what we do know.
1: So do you think that's the real Maggie Strother?
5: No, I don't.
1: Then why did you drink her lemonade?
5: Because if she wanted to poison us, I'm the one you can afford to lose.
0: At this, Abigail glanced at me. And for the first time in far far too long we smiled at one another
1: you're a good man Jeremy am I missing something here I'll tell you back on board
0: we all turned around to face the two on the porch
5: we're going to head along now will we see you again
0: some of you will the smile had gone from his face Maggie gestured to the lemonade with a kind but equally solemn demeanour, and we all picked up our glasses.
4: Your good health,
0: said Butler, though his voice shook somewhat. Everybody drank, save for Annie, and that fact got the cogs in my brain whirring. We loaded back onto Steamheart and drove off down the street of this forlorn ghost town. Abigail jogged past Henry and his soldiers to the rear carriage to watch those two infuriatingly enigmatic storytellers recede into the distance. Well, that wasn't much help at all.
1: Actually, for me it was a lot of help.
0: I studied her as she reeled off details.
1: West Virginia? White Tiger?
0: She said, then with deliberation.
1: The doorway that comes and goes over there is purple.
0: She tapped her eyepatch.
1: Same as the one on the Natchez.
0: We both turned to Harau and the boy, who were watching us with interest. Abigail knelt down next to Miguel.
1: When we're done here, and I really can't promise you anything, but this is worth following up on,
0: she said quietly,
1: we might be able to find a way to get the two of you home.
0: You have been listening to episode 29 of Steamheart, Lost in Translation. Written and directed by Alexander Shaw. Harry Arlington, Annie Oakley, Maggie Struther, and Carmen Santos all performed by Loretta Saylor. James and Samson performed by Alexander Shaw. Abigail Gray performed by Sharon Shaw. Frank Butler performed by Spencer Lee. Jeremy Pines, performed by Matt Wardle. Truth Arlington, performed by Theo Lee. And special guest, Jacob Newburn, returned since his last appearance in 2013 to reprise the role of Henry Jackson. Where the West Begins, composed by Ferenc Hegedis of Shockwave Sound. Teller of Tales, Deliberate Thoughts, Consequence, Cambodian Odyssey, Shores of Avalon, and Ossuary, composed and performed by Kevin MacLeod, of Incompetech.com Many soundscapes including Lonesome West by Tabletop Audio Our $15 patrons get sponsor credit every episode so thank you to Joel Robinson Benjamin Biddle Abel Savard Michael Hasko Adam Kilmartin Joe Giziga Greg Downing Tim Rosinski Christopher Wolf, Kat Esman, Cassandra Newman Timothy Green Matthew A. Siebert Joseph Gluck Kevin Otero, Luke Hatfield, Nick Old, Duran Barnett, Tom Painter, Finbar Nicol, Jamis Enright, Mark Lush, Dan Mayer, Joe Crow, Chris Finnick, Toby Jungius, Dave Hickman, Aaron Lecluse, Kieran Datchler, and Lorraine Chisholm. And many thanks to Gregory Downing for his review of Let Them Go on Amazon. Carmen Santos had, since logging her record in the cartographer's handbook, developed a system for sending coded messages very swiftly, amid fears that the telegraph network would become compromised. It was believed that new ears were listening, and the movements of the RSA and NIA were being monitored by malicious eyes.